Hello, good morning, uh, good afternoon, happy new year. So glad to be here with you all on the other side of 2020. Uh, take a fresh breath. It feels good to be here. Great to be back. Uh, as always, thank you to Fritz and the team for putting these together. Uh, and today's session is all about the retail transformation, breaking on through to the other side, really channeling our inner Jim Morrison with today's title. Uh, but who better to recap an unprecedented 2020 and look forward via her, her magical crystal ball, I made fun of her before, uh, than the real-time celebrity in the retail world, Jennifer DePasquale. So for those unaware, Jennifer is a publisher and pioneer in the retail marketing world. She's worked with Total Retail and the Target Marketing Group for over 18 years. Uh, you likely bumped into Jennifer at one of Total Retail's very successful roundtable events. And she is, the, she is the president and co-founder of the Women in Retail Leadership Circle, an exclusive community of women executives at leading retailers and brands built by women, made for women, and designed to champion women. So as such, uh, Jennifer has a pulse on the retail world unlike anyone else that I know personally, and is aware of what key executives are thinking as she interacts and consults with them constantly through Total Retail and the Women in Retail Leadership Circle. As such, it's my pleasure to have Jennifer join me today. Uh, Jen, can you hear me? Hi, Terrence, good to see you, happy new year. Yeah, you too, good to be back and nice to talk to you again. I know I, we bumped into each other a few times in the past, this is a real pleasure for us. Uh, you've been so busy, I usually can't tie you down at your events, but uh, <laughs> nice to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me, of course. What an so intro. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to get a little better, you know, with the outfits, the intros, and uh, and the all-around professionalism. I love it. Uh, so, Jen, before we dive in, I'm always interested to learn a bit about your, uh, to put it simply, COVID experience. Um, how have you avoided going crazy yourself during this time of restricted living? Uh, how have you been learning, staying engaged, or challenging yourself? Yeah. I mean, good question. Um, well, we have three kids, so we've been, um, you know, busy with them trying to figure out the and navigate the whole school, back mm. in school, home, school, all of that fun stuff. But um, I'm a voracious reader, so a lot of what we do at Women in Retail is around professional development. Mm. Um, so I've just been like gobbling up books that I haven't gotten to and podcasts. I'm a huge podcast junkie, so. Um, the, the most recent book I read was um, The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. I don't know if you follow her. She's in the professional development world, but she's a total badass. And um, it's actually a tool to help you uh, through push what they call push moments. Like, mm. you know, whether it's starting exercise or picking up a phone and having a car hard conversation or, yeah. you know, working on a research project that you've been putting off, whatever the case is. So um, highly recommend that one for sure. Um, awesome. I will look up uh, into that. I'm happy it's yeah. not about just the, the five second food rule. That's where my <laughs> um, I think that's a different book. Yeah. And, and so uh, while I have this collection behind me, I, I mentioned constantly, I haven't gotten to all of them. Uh, but uh, frankly, I was interested. You heard of Stuff You Should Know? No, I don't know it's, that one. Uh, it's unrelated to work, non-business, but it's a podcast I've begun to really like recently. It's a, a great it way of just learning about random uh, different topics. I think last week's was focused on uh, otters, for example, and they just tackle a new topic every week. 
but it's been uh, my companion on on runs while I try and get back into shape. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's when I listen to my podcast too. Yeah, I'm yeah. totally down. I, I just wrote it down. Awesome. Cool. So, uh, Jennifer, tell me about a memorable experience you've had as a consumer. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all had memorable, good and bad, right, as a right. consumer. I'll give you two examples. Um, so, as we were just chatting offline, um, my kids are, are, I have three kids, and uh, they're all really good skiers. So, mm. in the middle of COVID over the summer, we were like, you know what, we're going to plan a ski trip, right? So, we booked um, through United, and we were all excited, you know, to go this month. Well, of course, that's not happening and um so you know this isn't a retail story but it it you know retailers can apply it so my experience with united was phenomenal so i reached out to them you know you get on those really long wait calls yes. and you know no one has time for that nonsense so when i was yeah. canceling the trip they gave me the option of text and um you know i jumped on it and literally like within a matter of hours our flights were refunded. They gave me the option of either, you know, refunding it or using the credit for the, you know, the next year kind of a thing. But it was so right. seamless via text. Um, I didn't have to waste my time. They didn't have to waste their time. They gave me options. Mm. And I thought, oh my gosh, retailers can totally take, you know, some notes on this no. because as they go into return season, that's going to be, yeah. you know, the next challenge for them. Um, you brought up an airline and I immediately winced and got worried about what could be said. Uh, cause there's, you typically, you hear just horror stories. So that's a nice yeah. thing to hear. Yeah, no, they were, it was a really good experience. And I'll give you another one, um, you know, from the retail side of things. So, and I don't know if you know them, uh, this retailer, uh, it's called two blind brothers, No, but they were, um, brothers who were born with a degenerative, um, blindness disease. And my yeah. mom has macular degeneration, so it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, yeah. So they did this really cool campaign, which I've never seen before, where and I, um, their names are Brian and Bradford uh, Nanning, by the way, two blind brothers. Yeah. Um, and they did this shop blind challenge where you would literally go on and you didn't know the product that you were buying. You know, they had levels like $39 or $79 or whatever the case is. And mm. you would shop blind and you didn't know the products you were getting. And I thought that was like from a marketing standpoint, I'd never seen anything like it. Such a cool experience. Um, and so like a lot of retailers, uh, you know, they had some challenges with their supply chain and they handled it so beautifully. Like they were from a consumer perspective, I could see how hard they were working behind the scenes right. to, you know, they kept over communicating to us. So, you know, they didn't know if, they, if we were going to get the products by Christmas or not. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, it turns out they did not, you know, but they over communicated it. So, and you could feel the passion behind the emails that you were getting. Yeah. So as a consumer, it wasn't upsetting. You know, everybody yeah. had to be empathetic in the moment. And um, they did such a beautiful job with comms. Like I was so impressed with them. So, yeah. And I love that because, you know, I always stress uh, with our clients, you over communicate whenever possible. Right. Yeah. Uh, and especially when it comes to delivery, the most frustrated consumer is the one who doesn't know what's going on. So uh, true. I've picked on a few retailers in the past, but uh, you know the, the home improvement industry exploded in the pandemic. Yeah. Everyone was stuck at home, 
And with that, the supply chain was really tested. Uh, And I won't mention the brand by name, but I ordered some Adirondack chairs, I think in April, excited to to have something in the backyard on the new patio. And I think they arrived in September and I almost never heard about where they were. Yeah. And that's the whole thing, right? Like if, if, if people are taken by surprise, that's when they, you know, react poorly, you know, and it's not building loyalty to your brand and you know, the whole nine yards. So. Yeah. Uh, And have you learned anything about yourself as a consumer during this whole craze in this madness stretch? I mean, I think along, I'm hoping, you know, along with um, so many consumers, you know, I've been trying just to support small businesses you know, I feel for all of these guys who are going through so many transitions and trying to stay afloat. So um, I think there's going to be a return to, you know, continuing to support small businesses. Um, and, and, you know, we're even teaching our kids like, hey, we're going to shop local. You know, we've got to keep these guys open. Right. You know, that kind of thing. So I'm hoping that's, you know, one of the silver linings coming out of 2020. Yeah, and uh, let's get to that. So uh, no more hiding your secrets, Jen. We're going to bring them right out to the table. Uh, And as I mentioned in the the introduction today, you are in an excellent position because your work is with these executives and with these retail leaders day in and day out, learning their feedback, their concerns, their excitements, and what they're working on. Uh, Do you have kind of a a high-level overview and summary of uh, some 2020 insights, pain points, and and things we got out of your roundtables? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we have the the privilege of chatting with a lot of these retailers, yeah. um, you know, at the C-suite level. So we we know all the pain points and there's been a lot of challenges, as you can imagine. Um, you know, obviously they've dealt with temporary store closures, you know, mm-hmm. some are still closed, obviously. And how do they replace for, for what is, you know, many traditional brick and mortar retailers you know, 85 to 90% of their revenue, right? Right. Um, it's a huge challenge. And I'll, I'll give you an example of, of some folks who have pivoted really well, you know, so that other people can learn from them. Um, one retailer is Kendra Scott, uh, mm. the jewelry retailer. And, you know, when stores closed, they converted their stores to fulfillment centers, um, okay. you know, to handle the influx of, of, the e-commerce sales coming in and they pivoted that way and they did a beautiful job of that pretty early on. Um, Best Buy is another great example. You know, they pivoted really early on in the middle of Q1 to curbside only sales. And I think they retained something like 81% of their sales from the the previous year without having anyone step foot in their stores. Right. So, I mean, that's huge. You know, when you think about it, Um, obviously, the retailers have had huge supply chain issues, which we talked about. You know, they had to ramp up their uh, supply chains to handle the or, you know, the surge in online ordering. Um, And yet there's, as you mentioned, there's so many um, pockets of retail that have done really well and they've kind of had the opposite uh, you know, the, this exponential growth, you know, that they've had to deal with, like Madison Reed. Um, I interviewed Amy Erid, who's the CEO of uh, Madison Reed this summer, and they're, um, you know, they, I think they 10x'd in nine months their hair color, right? Mm. And so in order to keep the business going, uh, they converted half of their operations in Italy to produce hand sanitizer to stay afloat and right. keep the business open. Um 
they took all of their color bar employees, which were in store and moved them to their customer service, you know, team to handle calls, you know? So, I mean, these retailers have just pivoted unbelievably. So, you know, in, in all the turmoil, um, They've a lot of these retailers, as you know, they've had to create, you know, safety policies and procedures, not only for their employees, but, you know, obviously the consumer. We actually did a um, a safety index report. You can find it on mytotalretail.com where we sort of did an analysis of, you know, which retailers were doing really well in store. I think we we um, had about 29 criteria or so that we were measuring them against. Hmm. Um, Best Buy took the top spot. They uh, they did a really, really good job of, you know, cleaning high traffic areas, which was yeah. one of our, our major criteria. And then Ulta took the second spot, I believe. Um, and, you know, for beauty, it, it was really tough because, you know, everything is testing makeup, right? right. Like that's, that's part of the experiential in-store um, experience. So they shut that down and they, um, you know, took all the the testing products off and uh, did a really good job of directing people in store with Mm. arrows and signage and things in store. Um, So again, like having to, you know, ramp that up over the the course of the years been a huge challenge for these guys. Yeah. And uh, speaking of your women in retail leadership circle, um, Corey Barry, the CEO of Best Buy, she's done yeah. some, like you've mentioned, some pretty impressive work. Yeah, and she's amazing. Right, she's amazing. I mean, we had her um, speak uh, at our live event at our Women in Retail Leadership Summit last year, and it was just when she was announced to CEO. Yeah. And her team was there, right. and I mean, you could tell what a phenomenal leader she was just from the reaction of her team. Uh, Uh, You know, and they were so excited for her and everything. Um, So she's just been a phenomenal force and driving leader in in retail for sure. Wonderful. Uh, So silver linings, you said it before. What are we looking at for silver linings for 2021? Um, You know, honestly, there have been, I know retailers have been challenged, but there have been so many silver linings um, that have come from last year. You know, when you look at the big picture. Obviously, there's the digital acceleration, right? You've basically crammed, you know, five to 10 years of digital progress into nine months, right? You've seen these retailers testing new communication platforms, live chat, video, um, concierge service, you know, personal shopping, SMS. So there's so many new communication platforms that they're testing. Um, Obviously, there's advances in their supply chain services, um, there's advances in BOPUS and curbside and all of that fun stuff. Um, so the digital acceleration is is huge, right? It right. has it has really advanced them, you know, like I said, you know, five to ten years ahead of the curve. Um, one of my favorite silver linings, I have to say, is all of the surge in purpose driven retailers. Mm. You know, um, yeah. you know, I talked about two blind brothers. Um, Tom's and Warby Parker were really on the forefront of the buy one, donate one type of model. Yep. But now you've seen in COVID so many retailers stepping up and, you know, donating and giving back. I mean, you have Allbirds and DSW donating shoes to frontline workers. Yeah. Um, Somersault uh, is donating a portion of every sale to No Kid Hungry. 
Um, you have, you know, folks like North Face and Body Shop donating product. I think North Face donates gloves to essential workers and um, Body Shop is, is donating um, uh, products to mm. shelters and things like that. So I think, you know, from a consumer standpoint, it's been really interesting to watch the retailers sort of take a step back and go, hey, you know, who are we as a company? You know, what do we want to support? And, um, you know, what do we believe in? And so that's been a really interesting finding, I think, in Silver Lining from 2020 to have all of these retailers step up to the plate and just start giving back. Yeah, I love uh, my favorite, one of my favorite brands to talk about, uh, mostly for my own personal uh, anecdotes, uh, is Crocs. Yeah. Uh, and mostly because my dad, I swear, as soon as Crocs came out when I was a kid, this was, I think it was 2002 or something like that. They've been around a little while. Yeah. Uh, don't test me on that year. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> uh, but he was the first person I saw in a pair of Crocs and he was raving about them. Uh, and because he was so obsessed with them, I told myself I'm no, never going to be caught dead in a pair of Crocs around my dad. Right, right. Um, but then sure enough, uh, I'm one of five boys. All of us had Crocs uh, within a year or two. Uh, and I, on this topic, I saw uh, Crocs did something like they donated almost a million uh, pairs of shoes to healthcare workers and, yeah. and things like that, too. So uh, it is really nice to see. It's so cool. And that's another, I think, too, is a good point because, well, first of all, your mom is a saint. One of five boys. Yeah. Five <laughs> boys. Oh, my yeah, God. She's, she's tired. <laughs> she's tired. Um, she's my hero. But um, I think one of the silver linings to come uh, is all of the partnerships, right, mm. that, you know, these retailers have created with other retailers, but then in the outside world, too, outside of retail. So, you know, you'll see, like, there's the big ones, you know, Kohl's and Sephora and Target and Ulta, and they've taken, you know, footprints within those um, big box stores, which is, yeah. you know, super cool to see. Um, but then you'll see partnerships like um, uh, Dick Sporting Goods and Instacart, you know, testing yeah. uh, same day delivery and things like that. And I think you're going to also see, you know, as travel starts to come back, I think you'll start to see more of these retailers partnering with, you know, travel. Um, and getting ahead of that curve too. Mm -hmm. So I think partnerships, um, you know, is, is another silver lining that's, that's come from last year for sure. Um, now talk to me a little bit because I'm, I'm being as respectful as I can of your time. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jennifer, sure. as everyone knows, is, is not easy to get around and we want to keep her here as long as we can. Uh, but talk to me a little bit about uh, connectivity. You mentioned this in, in previous calls uh, as a differentiating factor. What are you getting at with that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think my point in connectivity is that, um, you know, retailers are going to have to find a way to connect to the consumer. And they're also going to have to make, you know, a seamless approach across all their channels, right? Mm -hmm. um, consumers' mindsets have changed. I think we've, we've seen that in COVID, you know, that as yeah. we talked about, I think they really want to support brands they believe in, um, support brands that are, you know, putting good in the world and and doing good, or you know, maybe have the same um, political values that they have as well. Like you, right. you've seen a mindset shift for sure on the consumer side. So, I think um, it's extremely important for the retailers to, 
you know, figure out what that is. Who are they in the moment? You know, what yeah. is their messaging that they want to put out and who are they serving? And, you know, is it okay if they lose, you know, some of their longstanding followers and build loyalty with other consumers? Right. You know, I think they're, they're having sort of that, um, you know, come to Jesus moment. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I didn't mean to cut you off. I know we were talking about uh, um, uh, these new initiatives as it pertains to profit for purpose. Was there anything else that you wanted to add on that as well? Um, I think it's just, I, I think you'll, you know, I think for predictions, you'll continue to see that evolving, okay. right? I mean, yeah. there's, there's a million different retailers, um, you know, sort of figuring out how they want to donate and give back in this right. time and, and what they want to do moving forward. So, um, you know, I think as a consumer too, you want to shop responsibly and, yeah. and shop with who you believe in and, uh, you know, whatever the case is and whatever the cause is, I think, you know, do your research right. from a consumer standpoint too. Um, and retailers, you know, are cognizant of that and they'll, you know, be continuing to give back. Um, and you're going to see a lot more of these, um, you know, purpose-driven retailers coming on the scene too. Yeah. And it's, um, I brought it up again because it's one of my favorite topics, uh, this brand saliency and the emotion yeah. Uh, and that connectivity. I mean, everything is that we're talking about is connected as well, uh, because that experience and that sort of uh, drive to uh, interact with a particular brand because of, yeah, like you mentioned, their political values, what you know, their sustainability, things like that is super fascinating. Uh, and I think, frankly, uh, this is my limited exposure opinion. Uh, this is a, a big opportunity for a lot of brands today who are looking to capture additional market and who are looking to, uh, you know, excite a, a, maybe a demographic that traditionally isn't their type of customer. Yep, that's exactly it. It's yeah. a, it, it's opportunity for them for sure. Yeah. You know, to to step out of their comfort zone of who their current customer is and and draw in new customers. Yeah, uh, Jennifer, do you have anything else that you think looking forward to twenty twenty one? Uh, is important for brands. And this is nothing here is scripted as you guys can all tell. Uh, but do you have anything that you think uh, looking forward brands should be aware of or uh, a prediction for the year? I mean, there's a lot of predictions, right? I think yeah. you're going to continue to see online shopping um, just evolve even more so yeah. and the sophistication you know, evolve even more so. I think, I think customer service is huge. You know, as we talked about in this call, um, and it builds loyalty and builds new customers. And, um, you know, I think you have for the retailers, they have to give people an experience that they're not getting elsewhere. Right. right. Um, so it's all about the customer and keeping your eye on the ball there. I think, um, you know, as stores start to open up, you'll uh, continue to see evolutions in experiential retail in store mm. and you know what does that mean what does that look like you know for your consumer right um, and constantly taking that pulse you know what do they want don't be making decisions you know in a box where you're not tapping your consumer constantly and asking them what they want how do they want to be served in store you know what right. are some unique experiences that you can drive mm -hmm. um you know we've obviously talked about purpose-driven retail um as, as you know, a huge component moving forward. And I, I also think there's going to be more regional opportunities. I mean, to get back to the connectivity, I think uh, community, the sense of community and the importance of local is going to continue. 
Right. Right. So, you know, how can you be part of that and how can you regionally drive your retail stores, you know, to be part of the community and engage mm. uh, the community that way? No, that's uh, it's fascinating. It's a good point. And uh, I also love I've mentioned, I think, in uh, episodes in the past, uh, your consumer looks at you as one single organism. And you've mentioned seamlessness is important, too, in this yeah. omnichannel presence. Uh, and if it feels disjointed and broken, that's obviously something to address too. Yeah, cool. yeah, and that's what they're experiencing too, right? If it, yeah. if it feels that way, that's what the consumers experiencing. I can only imagine the fear uh, and the cold chill down the spine of the retailers who didn't have the digital presence they were hoping for when this suddenly everyone was on their couch on their mobile phone, uh, yeah. looking at the digital presence. Yeah. Yep. And depending on the size of the retailer too, it was easier to scale. You know, right. um, if you're if you're an SMB, um, you know, a lot of them ramped up super quickly online. They had never been, you know, online before, and they were able to do that. You know, it's yeah. it's the the larger the company, the more challenging the platforms and mm. and e-commerce challenges. Um, but I, I I'm I'm truly amazed at how the industry has been able to pivot and launch in this time. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, it's amazing to me. And I'm, I'm so proud to, to champion the retailers and see what they have next. Well, uh, thank you, Jennifer. This is a pleasure. Uh, and it's yeah, always a pleasure to work with your team. Uh, you're an extremely bright group and I love the innovative work and the, the consulting and the, the total retail roundtables. Uh, it's been a pleasure every engagement we've had with you guys. So thank you for your time. Oh, thank you for having me. It was great. Yeah. Have a great quarter. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate it. Uh, and so everyone who's with us still, thank you uh, for your time. Join us next week for our conversation with Jean Bliss. Uh, she's a four-time best-selling author on customer experience, keynote speaker, and host of the Cheese Chief, not Cheese, Chief Customer Office Human Duct Tape Show. There, I didn't want to mess that up, on iTunes, uh, amongst many other impressive things that she does. And it's at a new time next week, 3 p.m. Eastern. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week.